morning and welcome. We're obviously doing things a little differently today. We're so glad to have you. We're doing things differently today because sometimes to wake ourselves up, we need to shake ourselves up. But also because this presents us an opportunity to make connections with one another. It's a little harder to get lost when you're wandering around the building with 15 other people than it is coming and uh, sliding in, sitting on the back row, and then uh, slipping out. So, um, yeah, welcome. Dean, kick us off with prayer this morning. Thank you, Father, for this time that you've granted us. I pray, Lord God, that uh, we would settle our hearts and uh, pay attention to what you have to say. Because, Father, we know that any time you speak, is those words that we live by. So bless this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're starting a new series of conversations today. This is the first Sunday of Lent. We're calling it Finding Jesus, and we're going to spend the next six weeks looking at things that block our view of Jesus, talking about really how to get beyond them, the need to get beyond them. In every case, we'll be looking at things that affect us regardless of where we're at spiritually. I know some of you are maybe just beginning to uh, find your way back to church or you're finding your way to church for the first time. Or, or you may have been around this stuff for a long, long time, regardless of where we are spiritually or regardless of how old we are. These things will more or less affect us for the rest of our lives. This morning, we're going to talk about competing priorities. Through the section of the Bible that Dean will read for us in a minute, we're going to see clearly that Jesus demands unqualified commitment. Now, as Dean reads this passage, I want you to keep two things in mind. First of all, I want you to remember that we don't have the whole dialogue. We're going to get three interactions with Jesus. And in each case, we don't know what came before. We don't know the whole setting. The second thing I want you to remember is that these, these interactions almost definitely did not happen one after the other like this. Luke has brought these three different stories of Jesus interacting with potential disciples. He's brought them all together to highlight and underscore and italicize the point that Jesus demands unqualified attention. So uh, Jesus will be first in our lives and any other agenda or priority that diminishes or weakens our singular commitment to him, anything that prevents us from finding Jesus must be pushed aside. We've got to move beyond competing priorities if we're going to experience all that Jesus has for us. Dean, let's read Luke 9, 57 through 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay, Jesus offers this just as an aside. Jesus offers everything we need. He said to one of those folks, hey, look, no, come follow me. We're going to go preach the kingdom. We're going to go do God's stuff. You're going to see amazing stuff happen. Come be part of that. Don't, don't, no other commitments. 
Uh, he offers real purpose. He offers what he calls in another place abundance, abundant living, more. He offers uh, connection to God, really connection to ourselves. He offers what one, one of the New Testament uh, writers calls the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Who doesn't want that? He offers exactly what we want and what we need. But to take advantage of that offer, he demands unqualified commitment. And this is a battle regardless of where we're at spiritually. If you're brand new, you may hesitate. Jesus is asking a lot. The Bible is full of stories of people who walked away, like these three people. I've seen this in my own experience here at Gateway over and over again. I've done this for seasons in my life. I have walked away because of competing priorities. I have to tell you guys, uh, many of you have heard me say this before, uh, when we first started Gateway 25 years ago, the first thing that uh, I did was knock on doors all over this area. I knocked on uh, uh, several neighborhoods in Ashburn, two huge neighborhoods, or one really huge neighborhood in Herndon, neighborhoods in, in Centerville, a neighborhood in Reston. I knocked on every door in South Riding, every single door. Now, 25 years ago, that was 500 homes. There was nothing else out here. Your homes didn't exist. But all 500 homes, and we didn't know where the church was going to be at that point. I knocked on every door in South Riding. And by the way, you were really friendly. I don't think you would be as friendly today. I knocked on your door, and I, was, I really was just surveying. I wasn't recruiting. I had a clipboard with me. I had seven questions. You came to the door. You answered. I flashed my best toothy grin. Hi, my name's Ed. I'm here to start a new church. I'd like to survey you. This will take less than five minutes. You got five minutes? And incredibly, almost all of you said yes. Uh, how long have you lived in Northern Virginia? Okay. What brought you to Northern Virginia? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. What do you think this area needs? And you would say things like, oh, the roads are terrible. 50 was a two-lane road. The roads are terrible. You need better roads. Or schools. You need schools. Once in a while, one of you would say, a new church. And I'd say, brown noser. I'd write it down. Okay, then I, would, then I would ask, if you were looking for a church, what kind of things would you look for? Here's what I learned in that process. Some of you heard me say this before. My wife and I, before moving to Northern Virginia, we lived for 13 years in a dramatically under-resourced neighborhood in the Boston, Massachusetts area. So moving to the suburbs, we had not grown up in the inner city, but we'd lived there for a long time. And moving to the suburbs was a, a, kind of a shock for us. Your homes are huge. And I learned that you guys like your lives, generally speaking. It's people in the city, poor people, they don't like their lives. You guys like your lives. You just want them a little better. Sure, sprinkle a little religion on top. That is not a deal that Jesus offers. He asks for unqualified commitment. This is a battle regardless of how old we are, boys and girls and students. You may not think this consciously, but you, you have gone through the thought process of, oh boy, if she would just be my friend. Oh, I'd, I'd love to be, I'd give anything if I could be in the cool crowd. Oh, if he would like me, or if you played baseball, I'd give anything if I could play shortstop. I'd give anything if I got into Virginia Tech. And those kind of thoughts are like seeds that mature in us as adults, don't they? 
Consequently, as adults, we battle the same thing with work. If you have no boundaries around your work, chances are it is a competing priority. Remember, God told us not as a suggestion, as a command. I want you to take a whole day and just goof off. I want you to rest. The word Sabbath means rest. I want you to rest. That Just hang out with your family, have fun, and hang out with me. A whole day, do nothing. If you don't have that kind of boundary around your life, chances are you may have a competing priority. Or kids' sports. I can't tell you how many families that we have seen this seeps into the bones of the family structure. It's travel soccer. Oh, now all of a sudden the games are every Sunday. Well, Ed, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, and that's true, kind of. But inevitably, what seeps into the bones of these families is a distance. Jesus becomes hidden. He, uh, he demands unqualified commitment. For those of you who are wondering how family could be a competing priority, <laughs> I mean, family is a good thing, right? And, and the Bible talks about being committed to your family. Did you notice that a couple of these people, a couple of these interactions had what seemed like legit concerns? The first guy, of course, Jesus says, uh, foxes have uh, holes, birds of the air have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Come follow me, it's not all going to be easy. And what he's trying to communicate here is I don't want frivolous commitment. I want you to count the cost. I demand unqualified commitment. But the second guy, what? Let, I want to go bury my father. No, come follow me. Hold on. Look, Jesus isn't being unkind. Remember, this is the guy that wept over Lazarus' tomb. He's not saying don't grieve. Some scholars have suggested the ancient Near East, there was a, there was a system of grieving. that They would grieve for days. They hired weepers to come to funerals at times. And, and some have suggested that what's happened here is this guy's just going overboard. And Jesus is saying, enough, follow me. Uh, but I don't, even with that explanation, I, that doesn't take away from the starkness of Jesus's words. He's asking for unqualified commitment. There's a, there's a passage, this reminds me of a passage in, later in Luke. If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, he can't be my disciples. Jesus demands unqualified commitment. I don't know if you... Uh, are familiar with Caesar Milan, The Dog Whisperer? Have you seen that show? I didn't know it was still on, but I saw a commercial for it just like last week. And uh, it, it wasn't the show, it was just a snippet from the show. But he says something fascinating that made me think of this morning. He, he's going to deal with this one dog, and this dog is <laughs> jumping around, kind of going crazy. And Caesar said, many people think that an excited dog is a happy dog. An excited dog is not a happy dog. A happy dog is a dog that knows its place and it knows the pack leader. Jesus is our pack leader. And he demands unqualified uh, commitment. Here's the thing about that. You know, uh, Caesar, when he's training dogs, if you've seen this show before, you know, he, he's big on walking your dog and using a leash and he'll, he'll, he will jerk the dog. And he, he demands that the dog walk right at his side walk comfortably and uh, you know, right, right, right next to him. He, he just demands that kind of attention. Jesus doesn't do that. He's a gentleman. If we're going to follow him, he demands unqualified attention, but he will let you commitment, but he will let you walk away. 
He does that repeatedly in our lives. Some of us may be in the process of uh, dribbling away even now. Are there competing priorities that are inhibiting me from experiencing all that Jesus has for me? Because he demands unqualified commitment. Dean, would you come close us in prayer? Sure. All right. Did we miss anything? No, we covered it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Can you guys hear me? Okay, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this time that we could steal away. As we even begin our week, Lord God, we are reminded of this one powerful truth that you command or demand unqualified commitment. Forgive us now, Lord God, for those times and even the way in which we live our lives now where that is not the case. But we call upon you, the God of great patience, to lead us back to that place where you've called us. Lord Jesus, you are indeed our pack leader. Greater than that, you are our Lord. And we desire for you to lead us because only you know the path of righteousness and the path of life. And so again, we ask that you forgive us for those paths that we have taken us, taken us off that road. Bring us back to you. And I pray, Lord, that you give us hearts that want to stay there. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.